I'm very excited to have two special guests with me today. We've got Gemma Herbertson and Birinda Kang. Now, uh, Gemma is an inventor and an entrepreneur. She is the founder of Neurofrontiers, Neuroplasticity Therapies, Research and Practice to help children with special needs, adults with neurological issues, and those who want to improve their general brain health and function. Hello, Gemma. Hello. Thank you for having me here. It's great to be I'm, here. Thank you. I'm very excited to have you here today. And um, would you like to share with us a little bit about your journey with Eddie? Yes. Um, so Eddie is my son. And I'll share that he's uh, 13 now. And um, yeah, so he's a proper teenager. Well, he's becoming a teenager. And um, my journey into this sort of uh, world began uh, 20 days after he was born and we um, we started having uh, seizures um, and but really it turned out four years later it turned out that he was um, had actually had and still has a bit of a brain tumor so um, um, yeah life was quite horrendous for those first four years and um, you know, I didn't really leave the house very much. Mostly, um, my main form of travel was in an ambulance, um, and lived in the hospital for quite some months as well at times. So, um, you know, it wasn't, uh, and I was desperate for that to change, you know, because I wanted, I want, and so I, within that time period where we weren't sure what was the cause of, of Eddie's being so ill, um, I started um, trying to find alternatives. <clears throat> He was he was having about five hundred seizures a week, um, so I, you know, and, and you're really very trapped by that. And when that goes on for months and then years, you you, you just you think, right, I've got to think outside the box. So um, that's I began to look at diet. That was my initial thing. Uh, whilst he was still very ill, um, and found that some things um changed him so he was um there were times when he was well he was having his regular 500 seizures a week and then with taking out certain things like um gluten and dairy and then i got more fussy processed foods gone you know became a, a um, an amazing home cooking um chef on top of being a full-time carer um, uh, you know, as as lots of parents do, so I'm not the only one that does this, um, because you'll do anything to help your child get better, improve their quality of life, and then the ripple effect gives obviously your quality of life, and then you can be a better parent because you've had more than two hours sleep in a day. Um, so <laughs> you're all nodding because we, we've all been there. Um, and yeah, so I so that that began the first bit of discovery that wow not every answer is within the health service there are some answers external to the health service and then after Eddie was um I think towards the end well he was still having some seizures but then we had his operation um and he still remained having some seizures he was having about six a month then mm. um so which was which was better in some ways and then all, and then but you were, you were constantly anxious in others because um if anyone has ever dealt with seizures you're always waiting for it. is that a sign oh my gosh did he yawn did he do this mm -hmm. did, oh why hasn't he woken up oh my gosh shall i go and check him oh i've checked him now i've definitely woke him up oh dear how did you manage the seizures before the surgery how did i manage them oh that's a good question so um <clears throat> 
uh, initially we tried um, many, many drugs and nothing really had, uh, and they may have, you know, we may have an initial, oh, well, it's gone away, but then that might last, a, you know, a week or so, and then um, they would come back. So really um, no drug that they tried worked. Um, and um, then I did look into uh, diet and as I say, certain things worked. And then I became thinking, right, well, if these have worked and we've got it down to from 500 average a week to 130 average a week then what what other things um could i try but that, but it's you know it's um which i did try and then we came with um oh gosh i started using elements of something called um an anti-neuroinflammatory diet which i've um, learned more about since and have got better um with that but I, I, my learning at the time was just sporadic because there were so many different options and you know what you speak to one parent oh this is really good and then you read on another website oh that's don't do that do this um you know so you'll be one week you might be doing the, an alkaline diet the next week you're on the ketogenic diet and then you're dairy free because you're just um grasping at straws and and very sadly using your child as a guinea pig because you're just experimenting on them all the time because you're so desperate um yes. to to make a difference and then you would find there would be certain weeks oh gosh, that's made a difference. So you try and learn. But if you're like me and an amateur, you would have put too many variables in. What was that thing? <laughs> I changed too many things. So, I, you know, I it was a huge learning curve going through all of this. After Eddie, he had some brain surgery, which um, because of the location of his brain tumour, A, they couldn't remove everything. So they got 95% of it out. Um, but B, they had to remove um, roughly a quarter of his brain. His left temporal lobe is missing now. So, um, and then his some seizures continued. Um, so I uh, really... I, around that time, I learned, had learned about the anti-neuroinflammatory diet and really put that into action because his seizures were continuing. So we thought we could relax. Oh, he's had his surgery. Let's just relax, go back to being uh, sort of normal people. But um, that it really uh, wasn't possible. And so anyway, the anti-neuroinflammatory diet was the thing that was the key to, to his seizures. Eventually, it, there were several keys, I think, that really helped um, to um, reduce them and, and make them go away. Um, and I also, you said at the start, I'm an inventor. Um, I, I, I wish there was an, it sounds like I've been in a laboratory or a, a workshop somewhere doing some things really exciting, but um, really I was just reading a lot um, online and yes. finding out um, lots and lots about um, the human body and how, how things work. And, and also I created um, a group online, which I think is where Verinda and I met. Um, called Diets for Epilepsy, and that's a group on Facebook. And within that group, there are some extraordinary people who are very bright and they're still there um, and share, you know, lovely, lovely parents and carers, people who who really are searching for something. What could be the key to um, helping seizures stop? Um, and through there, I met another man, Bernhard Robeck, um, who um, sadly has passed away since um, and he was caring for his uh, wife who had seizures um, and he uh, suggested some ideas around um, breathing and uh, the impact of carbon carbon dioxide or something really called carbogen a mixture a mixture of carbon dioxide and oxygen and 
uh, he found some papers and then other people started finding papers. And then I started going and doing more research and then eventually um, came up with um, a method called the exchange breathing method, which I and was I thought well I can see the theory of I, I imagined you know knowing all the theory this is what happened what would happen it, it's got the potential to stop a seizure and um it's an it's uh, in essence it's just uh, taking a your breath and breathing up somebody else's nose whilst they're um having a seizure mm -hmm. or if they're feeling they're about to have a seizure so um and which doesn't sound very um <laughs> exotic or no equipment but they, that's the good thing no equipment you've got this free mm -hmm. source of carbogen which comes out of your your mouth and you can breathe it into somebody else's nose so i was thinking well that's the theory and then uh, the day came and i had spoken to bernhard and said oh, i'm going to try it so i'll try it so i can't yeah so i tried it on my son and it, it just stopped the seizure just wow. just stopped so that was um, really a, a quite a miracle I shared it with Ro, uh, Bernhard he tried it on his wife the same thing and so then and then we thought oh gosh um, we shared it with another chap who's uh, now in Australia he tried it so he, and then it was like right so we feel that this this isn't um, a coincidence lots of it's now working for a number of us let's share it a bit further and um, from there um, we set up a, a group called the Exchange Breathing Method. Shared um, method, the information about it. I created a video. I put um, you know, information on my website, and we've got now in our Facebook group. There's nearly a thousand people. Oh, um, wow. I'd love to if anyone's listening and they want to join the Facebook group. It's called the Exchange Breathing Method. Please join and and try and share your experiences, and and that's really helpful to know that other people are doing it, and um the, you know i'd love to get a thousand users that'd be great and um yeah to uh, to do that so, so what yes. is the role of the nose in the process the role of the nose is well i can tell you the theory of why of, or a theory of why it works mm -hmm. but um it would be great to get to the um uh, the, the the to know for sure whether this theory is correct and there are a number other of other things which um could be correct as well so um so the theory is that in your nose you um are likely to have uh, carbon dioxide receptors so that you know instead of um waiting for all the blood to go around and um be uh, uh, noted or you know monitored by the brain so to know that you should breathe so your brain is um you have an area mon monitoring the amount of carbon dioxide in the system and your brain is regulating your breathing in accordance to that um but very often people who have a seizure um stop breathing their breathing goes erratic or they do shallow breathing um and any of those is going to have an impact on the amount of oxygen going around your system and then uh, eventually will sort of impair you to the point or and a seizure uh, happens um, yeah. in correlation with that. So um, yeah, so the, the nose if they're in reptile models, so which is like lizards and things like that, they definitely, they've been studied, they know that they have carbon um, dioxide receptors mm -hmm. in, the, in the nasal cavity, which is this, Sort of yes. lining inside there um and then so if if our nasal cavity is the thing detecting carbon dioxide then and that's got a route through the olfactory nerve 
to the brain, then that can be a trigger to say breathe again. And, and not only a, a breath, but carbon dioxide makes you take a deeper breath, you know. So you could be walking and then you you say you're walking on the road and then you, oh my gosh, your bus is about to go and now you need to run. We don't often, if you have to run fast, you, you can't continue breathing through your nose. You have to take, you know, breathe through your mouth. And so, you, you know, it's a, a deeper breath you need, you need more. So and the stimulation of, of carbon dioxide is to stop this shallow breathing, stop this erratic yeah. breathing, um, stop the no breathing and tell you to take a deep breath. So yes. um, that's that's what seems to happen. And then the, the person comes out of the seizure. I would um, love to know whether that theory is correct. I mean, we could look at other theories, the, the mm -hmm. startle reflex, I mean, if someone if I was if I was slightly out of it and someone went and put their mouth around my nose I think I'd be slightly startled and that equally can cause you to go you know a, a breath in so yes. you know there are, maybe there is maybe there's more than one mechanism happening together or maybe there's a mechanism that's, that's causing this in some ways um it's really nice to know the mechanism but does it matter if, if it's working um and also I think it's um you it would be good to know does it work in all circumstances is it good for all seizures um it, all ages or you know so i think um to have some research around that would be a, a good thing as well so that we can people can be more confident ah oh, i'm going to use this and um yeah yes and what made you create the neuro frontiers so um a part of Eddie's recovery, so I've said that you know his diet changed a lot, um, and we used the exchange breathing method. And then another, um, we we also did some hyperbaric oxygen therapy, which I accredit for some recovery mm -hmm. as well for him. Yes. Um, and the, 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 another um, avenue that we took was to use something called neuroplasticity therapies, and it's really an umbrella term for therapies which can help to affect brain performance and function and um, so I set up NeuroFrontiers because I had done various bits of learning I mean again I had to look outside the NHS so the, the impetus for this was after my son was being discharged from uh, hospital so he was four years old his mental age was around three months mm -hmm. and um, we were inquiring really what the rehab process was um and they were we had some physios who helped him to see if he could you know um uh, move a bit but um really that the the only uh, rehab that we were offered was this it's called fingers crossed and um you just have to see whether um they will how your child will turn out so they were saying well some children get better some don't you just just go home and just do your best and i didn't that didn't really resonate with me well actually doing my best did resonate but I needed to know what that was so I then started um again back, <laughs> back looking at on the internet reading books um and uh trying to discover what's out there and what I started finding was that lots of fields professional fields um optometry um uh, audiologists um you could look at um chiropractors osteopaths yoga Feldenkrais you know mm -hmm. these um so people who've made professions out of um, various different therapies were, were coming were all helping 
some some people within those fields had specialized in thinking how their field could impact the brain what what were the you know how could they help people um and then what was really interesting was that uh, very often there's crossover between what these people have found out you know even though coming from completely different backgrounds they, they're finding the same things um and equally that that some of them are adding new things that none of the others have thought of so i wanted to try and create a sort of umbrella for these um yes and that's uh, neuroplasticity therapies which covers really all of them um and who um my personal criteria is that they should have some sort of science backing to them so that yes. we you know you've got that confidence and i because i don't you know and um we've probably all been there we've probably all tried something happy clappy woo woo that's you know we you know and that's not good when you are giving all of your energy to your child at these you know um lives like ours and other parents similar to us or carers um is is hard so you don't want to waste any time no. energy money effort no. you have to be um focused and you know so you want to know that there's some Again, you don't want your child to be like a guinea pig. You want to know yes. that there's something and then it's it's more likely to work um, by investing in this thing. So um, that's how it came about. Sorry, that's the long answer. I hope that's okay. Uh, and are you planning a new summit? Yes, I hope to do one by the end of this year. Um, ah, so wow. 2022, I did a summit um, on the role of uh, the role of neuroscience in education. Yes. Um, so yeah, we had about 1,200 people attend that. Um, so yes, there will yes. And be I'm one. looking forward to the oh. new summit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I you. love the, the previous one. Uh, now, Verinda, uh, can you tell us how the, the method has helped you? Um, yes. Um, so my son is, is 10 years old um, now um, and has a genetic condition that um, causes seizures usually within hours or, or days of birth um, and that was the case for him his seizures started within hours of birth um, and had a very difficult um, first year of life spent something like five months in in hospital um, over that first 12 months thousands of seizures prolonged episodes of status um, endless um, trialing of various medications, <clears throat> etc. And um, uh, for us, we actually kind of a similar journey to to Gemma, which was diet. And the only thing that was out there within the system was the ketogenic diet. So we actually pushed for the ketogenic diet. Mm -hmm. um, and he had a horrific response to it. It was absolutely awful for him. He had over 1,500 seizures in, in three weeks. It was done in hospital. And, you know, on three occasions, Piku, a bed was being made ready for him at Piku, but he kind of somehow managed to, to, to cheat that. Um, and the big thing that stood out for me was glutamate. It's an excitatory neurotransmitter. Um, kind of seemed like a good place to start to perhaps um, limit high glutamate foods um, and that's what we did um, which had dramatic um, results for um, reducing the number of seizures um, and I think it was about when Amrit was about two years old so gosh it's been a long time um, 
that I then came across the diets of epilepsy Facebook group and met Gemma and started talking to her and in due course as she was on this journey I became one of the people um, that um, she shared uh, the information about the exchange uh, breathing method with and although Emmerich's seizures were dramatically reduced when he had them um, they were still um, majority of them are tonic clonic seizures where he holds his breath he can turn blue within seconds um, his seizures can be prolonged we actually have oxygen tanks etc and suction machines and sats monitors and emergency medications at home and you know um there's nothing worse than um well there's a lot of things that are bad about watching your uh, a loved one have a seizure but literally seeing um your child change color and know that they're not breathing um is is really frightening particularly when your emergency plan is you can't give emergency medication for five minutes so what do you do so when so there were various things that we 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 would try in terms of the stimulating it's interesting what Gemma said about you know perhaps various mechanisms at plain terms of startle reflex we actually found doing some startling but not being careful with not being too dramatic if that makes sense um could sometimes work we found using just a, a, a flannel with cold water could sometimes help lessen the seizure so when Gemma told me about the, about the exchange breathing method kind of did seem a bit too simple <laughs> to be to be true but again we kind of thought about it and um discussed it and it seemed as if it wasn't going to do any harm because again I'm um with Gemma that you know you you try various things and uh, but you don't ever want to be doing anything that's going to um make your child's situation worse and you know trying different foods is kind of a much easier thing than suddenly thinking yes but he's not breathing and I'm putting carbon dioxide to, to me I didn't necessarily understand it but we tried it yeah. and we tried it and he breathed he's he wow. just took a gasp and breathed um and um we continue to use it um for <clears throat> Amrik when he has his seizures because we're very good about having identified his triggers during the day and managing those what the seizures he has are at night really um and the big yeah. thing is is to catch the seizure at the beginning for us to have the most effective um response so he breathes um therefore we're not relying on on, on the oxygen yeah. in, in in the same way the tonic clonicness subsides much quicker it doesn't bring him out of the seizure fully all the time we still require emergency medication but we don't we haven't required a second dose of emergency medication for years we haven't had a hospital admission for over four years funnily enough the last admission that we did have he'd had a seizure he'd had a dose he has a history of sometimes um 
going into like it looks like he's asleep and postictal but he's can still be subclinically seizing and if we're ever anxious about that if the stats aren't quite right we will still be taken in so by ambulance sleep? and he sorry can you sleep at all no but well that's another matter but mm-hmm. the interesting thing that the anecdote i just wanted to tell you is that he went into to, to the a and e department and the sort of protocol is obviously with a seizing individual is to get things set up should another seizure come and so they tend to um put a cannula in my son also has an issue a bizarre relationship with pain um and needles and cannulas and things like that can trigger a seizure for him so it's actually on his emergency passport to be quite cautious about that i think it also been a long time since he'd been in hospital for years and when they were putting a cannula going to put a cannula in previously i've said do we need this i didn't on that occasion and of course he went into a seizure um my partner was there and he just went and i was like of like these 10 professionals and he went do it and I walked went over to Emmerich did the exchange breathing method he breathed uh Matthew was getting what was to hand which was just you know the um tissues that you dry your hands with and had wet those did the cold compress child came out of um his seizure Interestingly, not a single thing um, recorded on the discharge summary okay. as to, you know, the seizure resolved was was yeah. um, by itself. So it is um, it is interesting and it would be it would be um, so for us, it's, it's, a, it's a it's a really important part of um, our, our, our kind of um, interventions that we can do. Uh, before we have to go to uh, emergency medications. Um, it's made a big difference, as I say, in terms of overall, um, the seizures don't seem to be as prolonged. We're not having um, admissions like we used to. Um, it saves Amrit from those interventions. Um, you know, I, I, if emergency medications are required, I'm all for, for, for giving them, but it's great for his system not to have to be having these um, things so regularly. So for us, the, the, it's been, a, it's a, been a, a real important part of, of being able to um, help how we manage this alongside, um, as, 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 as Gemma and, and, and others have found, diet and, um, and other therapeutic um inputs that, that that ultimately you know help the brain not to be getting into this yes. position of, of being overstimulated or, or being overwhelmed so yeah no it's a really important part um and i feel very i felt very um privileged and honored when when Gemma invited uh me alongside another parent to to join with her to establish the charity yes. um and so that we can get to the stage of being able to understand um, this and um, be able to work towards it becoming um, hopefully an accepted and recognized um, intervention so that we're not all kind of thinking the flip side is it then puts a pressure on you that I need to be with my child 24 7 because his 
carers can't do this. That's not allowed to be part of the care plan. It's not allowed to be part of plans in schools, etc. And, you know, knowing the difference that it makes between a prolonged seizure of hours, a an ambulance journey, a hospital admission, you know, and all of that, to, if, I'm, if, if I'm there, there's a chance of, 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 of a much shortened um, seizure. So, um, yeah, it's... Yes. Um, that's what I was going to ask you about now, about your wonderful uh, charity that you and Gemma are the trustees of Answer and Hope. So could you just talk a little bit about the research and the funding and... So, uh, yes, Answers and Hope is a charity because there are answers out there and where there's answers, there's hope. So um, um, there are three of us, three parents who um, have children who have um, uh, seizures um, or have had. And uh, the charity was set up as a way to raise funds. So we um, were very, um, gosh, with Bernhard. Um, so, so lots of things happened um, following getting so many people um, using it and getting some such positive feedback. Um, um, gosh, I think the world is amazing and the universe works in a very funny way. And I happened to be on a course and somebody and told somebody about my method and all the method and and they said oh I know somebody who would be really interested in that as it turned out um uh, a, a very eminent university got in touch then uh, you know and so mm -hmm. so then we so that was um and then things were going to be progressing with them but then a pandemic happened um and mm -hmm. another uh, equally exciting organization that came got in touch as well and mm -hmm. um, so but these are you know and said Yes, go we, you know, if you can get some clinical trials underway, we want to be involved as well. So, so we were, you know, thinking, gosh, this needs to go somewhere, needs to progress. Um, and as Brenda shared, in order for it to go into children's care plans, in order for it to be, you know, um, so that a, a partner doesn't have to whisper or make faces at you across the the, <laughs> the room, go on, try it, try it. It can just be the number one. This was Bernhard's dream for it to be the number one first aid method for seizures, so that it's something you try, just like you would try CPR if yes. someone was, you know, not breathing, whatever. So, um, to get to that point. Um, we do have to tick all the boxes and go through all the bureaucracy of um, doing clinical trials and um, also, you know, getting, then establishing the mechanism of how it works and making sure that it, you know, what type of seizures, what type of people does it work on, then we can be more um, accurate with its use, etc. Um, in the meantime, however, um, you know, so we are seeking, so I just say we're seeking to raise the, the indication from this initial university was that to, to raise would need about $200,000 to, to do mm. the research. Um, so we, we've set ourselves an astronomical target. So if anyone out there is listening and who has um, deep pockets, then um, please, um, we'll be happy to empty a little bit for you, from you. Um, uh, equally, if there's anyone out there who's a researcher who would be interested in getting involved in this, or perhaps a, an institution which you know would look at um, doing the research, then you know please get in touch as well. Um, that's so. Our so our dream is that you know we can get um, the funding and, and get a university to undertake the trials um, necessary for this to then become a mainstream method 
um, worldwide. I will add some caveats in there in that um, if you are thinking of using this, please go and look at all the information on the Facebook group, but also I've put it on the website now, which is at neurofrontiers.org. Yes. But um, the information on the website um, does encourage you to always check with your consultant, your paediatrician, your uh, neurologist, likely. So um, so that's got a two-pronged effect. First of all, you'll have the <clears throat> the awareness from them that about the method and so they'll, they'll know about the method and we want more people to know about it that'll be good and then also then you have that that confidence that they said okay so to date um i always encourage people to to go and check with their um doctor their consultant and to date um they've all come so far people all of them have said oh well it's not going to do any harm give it a try Obviously, there might be someone out there, you know, the particular case that that might make their consultant might not say that. But so please always go and check just to make sure that um, that you're not going to do something um, that or that you're only going to do something that's the best thing for your your loved one. So, um, yeah, that, that's a good thing. That's right. Can I just share one last yes. thing? Because I didn't really say Eddie is so Eddie, my son, is so well now. That was the that I thought, you know, it's really I, I shared his dark yes. days. But the transformation yeah. now, and he's been seizure-free since um, May 2017. So, you know, he's uh, maintained that being seizure-free. I'm still, he's still on an anti-neuroinflammatory diet. Um, and, he, you know, so it's, um, um, yeah, anyway, so, and then he's just completely transformed from a, a boy who was in a wheelchair, not talking, oh, um, wow. uh, definitely incontinent. And it was so lovely to take care. Um, Thank you. I'll speak soon. All right. You take okay. care. Okay. Nice to see you. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye.